all the goth DJs and Twitch witches are hanging out on Thursday for the bad VHS rips, unblinking eyes, and fire by night. Thetans and Satans comes from an interest in the cult of Scientology, moral panics, Satanism, and how they set the tone for the extremist social media panics of today. We really earn our weird left Twitch badge with this show, watching the world go red light in reverse every Thursday at 9 p.m. Pacific on twitch.tv slash echoplexmedia. Find our full schedule at echoplexmedia.com.
right, welcome podcast listeners, and thanks for sticking around, live viewers and live listeners. This is The Plex. We do the show live every Sunday, 7 to 9 p.m. Pacific, and beyond into red light. Podcast listeners, you do get the 8 to 9 hours, so maybe check out the live show some night. Uh, follow us on Twitch. You can also get the entire audio recording and now video at patreon.com slash echoplex. If you sign up at the $5 level or higher, we will hook you up. Though the video will disappear after 30 days because I do not have unlimited storage for such things. Um, also, check out our new Mastodon instance. That's at port87.social. If you don't know what Mastodon is, don't worry about it. Go there, sign up, and just start just start tagging whoever you can find and ask for help. Somebody will help you help you there. We're all figuring it out together. Anyway, I'm producer Dave. You can find me on Grinder, and um, I do believe that this would be what the people want. Police officers. I don't hate the cops. There's a person inside when the torture stops Oh, donate the cops Oh, when the raiders come Who will protect the shops? Donate the cops They're a sensitive bunch If you don't stop throwing your rocks Snap, crackle, pop It's the sound of a taser Your body drops Donate the cops oh, Donate the cops Donate the cops Local police, cause they don't do nothing wrong. Like your local police got rid of the corruption and the racism is gone. They've been keeping the peace, keeping homeless folks out of the parks and malls. Got a cure for your social disease. Follow the law, don't hate the cops. Follow the law, don't hate the cops. start out in arizona with some carrie lake carrie lake is running for governor in arizona and there's some chance that she's gonna win 
I think it's looking like her opponent might win, but there's some chance she's going to win, and she cray. Here she is on the most popular, most watched show on cable news talking about how she can't go anywhere, actually, to talk about vaccines, which seems odd. Somalia or something, but she's attacking you. She's very focused on you. Why? Why is that, do you think? Well, I think the same reason I'm being attacked by the media. I'm speaking the truth. I mean, you talked about it in, in your monologue tonight. We can't talk about all these issues because the media has told us it's they're prohibited. You just talked about it on a very popular cable news show in your monologue, but we just can't talk about this stuff. You know, you can't talk about vaccines. You can't talk about elections. You can't talk about Paul Pelosi. Exactly. And now you can't talk about Nancy Pelosi. And you can't talk about the elections. And you can't talk about... Uh, yeah, nobody's talking about the elections. And, and I'm talking about all those things because I still believe we have a little bit of the First Amendment left. But I'm dangerous right. to people like Liz Cheney and, and the folks that she hangs out with. And they want to stop people like me. <laughs> You're on a very popular cable news show talking about those issues. And you just said that the host of this very popular cable news show spent his monologue talking about the things that you said that we can't talk about. Seems to me like you can definitely talk about these things. It's just what you don't like is the clap back. And I mean, you could just admit that you don't like the clap back and then this would just be a lot more honest. I mean, nobody really likes being made fun of by millions of people, right? I mean, I wouldn't mind it. I'd be hella popular if I had millions of people that were fucking making fun of my show. You know how many people would be watching Just a Clown? That'd be pretty funny. Plus, maybe them, some of them got some good jokes. There's not, it's not like there's nothing funny about me. So anyway, here's Carrie Lake uh, saying that uh, we're actually the conspiracy theorists. They actually made a joke of our elections. And I'm really pissed off about it and I'm going to do something about it so they, it is literally unconstitutional what they did the truth is that Joe Biden did not win with 81 million votes and what and if you believe he did then you are the conspiracy theorist I believe that the vote count was more or less accurate so I guess I am the conspiracy theorist We know that our election was rife with fraud and we know what's going on. But what's going on in our elections is not going to be going on much longer. Because we're going to get to the bottom of it. Yeah, we're going to not let Democrats vote anymore. Put me in power and we'll just not let the Democrats vote. We'll just fucking, we'll do the election fraud. We'll be the ones doing it. And then it'll be good. Election fraud will be great when, when it's us doing it. When we win, in fact, it's good because there was no election fraud. Uh, if we lose, though, it was because of fraud. And if we lose and it was a squeaker, there actually was fraud because we they didn't even they're not even acknowledging how much we won by. So Carrie Lake had an event in like one of them little pop up tents and a stage somewhere in Arizona. And first, she's going to talk to us about uh, building a wall to keep the Californians out of Arizona. It's kind of stupid because. If I was going to uh, Phoenix, I would take a plane there. But maybe they could build the wall really high. 
that is one of our uh, my priorities as well. We've talked about it, and, and I and I always say, hey, we've got to get to the bottom of our water issue because we're growing, we're not shrinking. Unless we build a wall and keep Californians out, which you know maybe we should. <laughs> Maybe we can do that after we get the southern wall done. Uh, we have to get and take a serious look at our water issues, and I will be the governor that puts that at top priority. <laughs> look at our water. Y'all don't have enough. I mean, it's fucked for like they just not enough water in Arizona for the big fucking cities they want there. Like historically, big cities have all like been on the coast, and it's not like you're you're getting the seawater, but it's you know when you're on the coast there's going to be like rivers flowing out into the sea it's you know you people have built by the ocean for a lar you know a reason in the past and um you know big in big inland cities are just harder to manage and that's just the way it goes here's her talking about how there's just too much science and history happening in the schools and we should probably replace it with uh jesus and whatever they fill the twinkies with I believe we are at a prime opportunity to completely re-envision how our government schools are run because everyone's eyes are open. And who says we have to have this many hours of science, this many of math and history? We can change that up. What does it mean to have a high school diploma? It should mean that you know some of the basics and you also have some ability to go out and make a living. Our schools have our kids for 13 years from K through 12. And at the end of 13 years, we should have some competent adults going into the world Amen. who can make a living because there are jobs out there. Yeah. Right. But to do those jobs, those people would need to learn things <laughs> like math is probably important. Reading, reading, comp reading for comprehension is probably important. And history is important for like a different reason. It helps you become a, it helps you with your citizenship. These people are real big on citizenship. Maybe not the kind of citizenship I'm talking about, but they're very concerned with whether or not uh, people are citizens. And, you know, I think if I think of citizenship is more than just having been born here or having filled out the paperwork. I think being a, a citizen means, you know, educating yourself about the history of your country. And uh, by that, I generally mean critical race theory, obviously. Um, up next, we got uh, Charlie Kirk. This is a really quick clip. Uh, he's very, very happy uh, about Carrie Lake. He's uh, speaking at her event, and uh, don't worry, you only get 21 seconds of Charlie Kirk this time. You want to see real change? You get Blake Masters to beat Mark Kelly. You get Mark Fincham as Secretary of State. You get Abe Hamaday as Attorney General. And you shock the world into a way, the one that they really don't want to have happen. And you put a female Winston Churchill in the governor's office <laughs> of Arizona. <laughs> Female, like, listen, I ain't no Winston Churchill stan or whatever, but she, female Winston Churchill, get out of here. Get the fuck out of here, Charlie. So now we're going to go to a little more, like, we'll say this is like a cooler heads prevail clip, sort of, although I'm not sure this person's going to prevail. Here is Carrie Lake's opponent, uh, Katie Hobbs. She's also running for uh, the governor's office in Arizona and she's on CNN and she's being kind of interrogated a little bit about why she won't debate Carrie Lake. And I mean, I think generally candidates should have to answer each other's questions and, you know, in a moderated debate, but I think she makes a pretty good case for why it might not be in her, in her best interest or the interest of the people of Arizona 
for her to uh, engage in this. Listen, why not? I want to talk about your debating. Why not debate your opponent? If you believe your opponent is, you know, has issues in the spreading conspiracy theories uh, about a stolen election and so mm-hmm. on, and it's not being truthful with the, the people of Arizona, why then not get on the debate stage and, and debate her? You know, not only is Carrie Lake, has she centered her entire platform around this election denialism, um, I didn't want to give her a bigger stage to do that. But additionally, she has shown that she's not interested in having any kind of substantive conversation. Um, she's only interested in creating a spectacle. But and I didn't you, if want you to were be- in the same space with her, wouldn't, you be, wouldn't it be easier to knock it down in front of everyone, in front of the most people? Because you're not stopping her from spreading yeah. whatever you believe that you know, she is I- spreading by not debating her. She can go on television. She can talk about it. She can go in front of the, the people of Arizona every single day and talk about it. But you're not confronting her on it. And it seems like it would be an easy fix if you stood up on a debate stage and, and confronted her about these issues. Look, we're six days out from the election and our campaign strategy is our campaign strategy. So we're moving forward. I'm continuing to make my case to the voters of Arizona, uh, whether or not uh, we debated in this race is not going to decide this election. So, um, you know, I just, we made the decision, didn't want to be a part of her spectacle. And she's not, uh, she she won't answer these tough questions um, to to real reporters. She only talks to fake. So she's making a couple really good points. The, the thing that Carrie Lake would do during a debate is she would just run the gish gallop. And it's not a lot of people that are going to be good at uh, batting these every one of these wild claims down like as they come, right? Because <clears throat> somebody like Carrie Lake is going to make, I don't know, in a five minute, in her five minute opening, she might make 20, 25 completely false fucking claims. And then for you to even address two of them or three of them would take like five minutes. And so you're just, you're, you're you're at a disadvantage in a way if the person's uh, dishonest and you don't know how to deal with it. I've been talking to conspiracy theorists for so long that I'm just like, you're, you're running the gish gallop. Which one of the things that you said, would you like me to respond to? You made about six claims. I can't respond to all of them. Can you pick one? But that not everybody knows how to do that. And not everybody's going to be able to like, that might not be effective. And like, if, if I have a conspiracy theorist, join my discord, the stakes are fairly low. But in this in this person's case, the stakes are pretty high. It's for the it's for the governor's office of a of a state that is going to be pretty important in the twenty twenty four election because it's a fifty fifty split state. It's a purple state. So, you know, people can disagree with her decision, but I think if she's not equipped at handling conspiracism, if that's like not one of the things in her tool belt, then maybe she probably made the right choice. Anyway, this is our last story about Arizona. This is Wendy Rogers. She's a state senator. She uh, go- helps govern the state of Arizona. And she is terrifying. Just absolutely fucking terrifying. But yeah, we're just big fans of everything you're doing. It's, oh, thanks. Any more people that go against the rhino. Yeah, it's, uh, oh, yeah. It'll be better now. More 
conservatives like me are going to get elected. Plus, yeah, going against the rhinos. Well, uh, and females, a, I love that both of you guys are. Yeah, well, we're, yeah, we, we don't make excuses. Yeah, yeah. Well, we need, because Our kids don't live in the basements of our homes. Yeah. <laughs> They're all, you know, yeah, we successful. Need, we need your help at the border. You know, uh, with yeah. everything. Well, I she'll just, build the wall. She'll build the wall. And she'll send the National Guard. In fact, I need to follow up on the concept of a state guard, which is in the Constitution. What's yeah. a state guard? It's um, a militia within yeah. the state. That yeah. the state constitution has a provision for. Yeah, I, I get canceled online when I say that we need people that can shoot to kill at the border. Oh, yeah. Well, I was censured for saying that I would destroy my political enemies. And I was sent, I was censured for... It, it, it's just been really brutal. It's yeah, crazy with the canceling. Like, well, and then the rhinos cave to the Democrats, and then all of a sudden I'm just under fire. Yeah. And they can... It's it's just you're not afraid to you're not afraid no, to say that then, the militias you know, need got, to get on the border. I got elected. I mean, I was I won my primary by 20 points against another state senator, which was really amazing. And then and so my voters know who I am. They know that I work for them. They don't work for anyone else. But it's like crazy. Like, would they rather you lie about what you want? Like, no, we well, want to know. I won't. Yeah. I refuse. And you know, I've taken that. It's a life, lifetime. Crazy town. I mean, to be fair, they were asking leading questions. And when you, you know, watching this, this is obviously people who wanted to get her to say fucking crazy things, but they got her to say crazy things. They got her to like agree basically that people should, that there should be militias, you know, shooting to kill at the border, which I disagree with. It would be, you would not actually be able to get me to say that, right? No matter how, how hard you pushed me or whatever, no matter how leading a question you asked me, you would not get me to say that because I don't believe that. And so like to get her to agree with it, it just means she probably agrees with it or she's maybe, maybe willing to pretend she does to get votes, which is just as bad. And how are we to know the fucking difference? Anyway, the video quality on this is pretty bad. I'm guessing the audio is going to be pretty scuffed, too. Um, this is a real ad that uh, is running in Georgia right now. When did racism against white people become okay? Joe Biden put white people last in line for COVID relief funds. Kamala Harris said disaster aid should go to non-white citizens first. Liberal politicians block access to medicine based on skin color. Progressive corporations, airlines, universities, all openly discriminate against white Americans. Racism is always wrong. The left's anti-white bigotry must stop. We are all entitled to equal treatment under law. America First Legal paid for this ad. Oh my God. (laughs) The only racism these people fucking see is like what they used to call reverse racism. That didn't work well. Like that talking point didn't work so well. So now they're just calling it anti-white bigotry. And um, that's a real ad that ran in fucking Georgia. I don't know. I mean, I know what they're trying to do. They're trying to drive turnouts so that people like Herschel Walker win. But that's, I mean, I don't know. None of the candidates would run an ad like that. So that's why these, that's why these packs exist is to be able to run ads like that. And that's America first pack. That's a fuck it. That's one of the nasty ones. That's one of the like very openly like white nationalist, Christian nationalist super packs. And, um, I don't know. I sometimes, you know, all the problems we have here in California and the cost of living here in the Bay area, I'm sometimes just glad I don't live in a place like that where like that kind of ad 
like actually drives turnout and is like effective because an ad like that wouldn't be effective in even a lot of the red parts of California. I don't think that would be effective, but uh, in Georgia, maybe it is, or maybe it won't be effective and maybe they're just wrong. Hopefully I'm hoping that's the case, but uh, who knows? We got a uh, more on the litter box saga. This guy is Don Baldy Baldu. He is the GOP candidate uh, for Senator from New Hampshire. And he literally believes that there are like litter boxes in classrooms for kids who are claiming to be a cat. And um, he's going to be asked about this because, you know, these are things you should ask candidates about because it's crazy. And uh, here's what he's got. Here's what he got to say about it. You made it a recent event about children using litter boxes in schools. You know, there's, there's no Well, that's not what I said. Okay, well then tell me what you right. said. I, I heard the audio. So, what, yeah, so uh, what I was talking about is all the craziness going on in our schools. And this is just one of them. And I had a, I had a parent and a student in that audience who came up to me and told me all about it. I've had that all across the state. So I'm only articulating what I heard from Granite Staters, parents and children. Craziness is going on in our schools. Senator Hassan is responsible for it. She's doubled down on all the bad education policies out there. So you should be asking her why our children can't read and write to grade level, why we have the lowest scores, why we can't compete in the world, why our children require remedial courses to go to college. It's because she has took her eye off the ball on the future of our nation, and that's our children. So I want to be clear. So you, you had a parent tell you yes, that this parent was and student okay. happening in the schools. Now, yes. The schools come out and said that that's completely false. Well, you know, they they came out and said they didn't mask children. They came out and said they didn't do a lot of things. Right? They don't teach CRT, which they do. They don't teach tran transgender, which they do. They don't teach transgender. Okay, you got the wrong guy. Just because they say it, they need to prove it. Prove it. I got parents and, and kids telling me they need to prove it to us. We don't. I don't need to prove it to them. So, this is actually just a shift of the burden of proof. The burden of proof is usually on the person making the claim. And if the claim is there's litter boxes in the fucking schools, then sh fucking demonstrate that that's true, or de give me a reason to believe that. It's not on. It's not on the people that are like I don't believe you. Like I don't believe you generally doesn't carry a burden of proof. It just generally does not. And um, there's, no fucking, there's no fucking litter boxes in schools for, like, furries. No kids running around this. There's no furries are mostly, they're adults. Furries are, like, adults. There's not kids. No kid's going to fucking buy a $400 fursuit. Get the fuck out of here. Maybe they're more. Maybe they're five or $600. No kid's going to have, a, like, those elaborate fursuits. Maybe some do, but it, that's an adult phenomena. Furries are adults. Kids will just wear like little cat ear, like cat ear hats or something, I guess. Oh, chat's telling me fursuits are in the thousands of dollars, probably for good ones. You're probably right. Well, here's Blake Masters. He is running, I don't know, he's running for something, right? He's running for Senate. And uh, he's Peter Thiel's favorite candidate. And uh, apparently, he has sick flows. The sickest flows. So Barack Obama called the waitress a sweetie today. 
Now the press is having a day. They're getting all mad. They're looking for a fight. I'm reading the news. I'm like, this shit ain't right. What's going on here? He can't speak the truth. What if she was a sweetie? What if she was cute? It's a sad day in society when one plus two can't equal three. I'm no fan of his policies, but he's not a sexist. Everybody knows this. He's... Wandered around with Lexus, but it didn't work. What an idiot. Why would I... I am... So sorry about that. Why is he wearing Native American war paint on his face? I didn't know this was a clip from uh, some other commentator. Anyway, the, we don't... Everybody definitely follow some more news. Cody's great. But um, he was rapping. And he had paint on his face. I think he might have been like on fucking Molly or something. Like his mannerisms and whatnot led me to believe that maybe he was on some kind of uppers, maybe methamphetamine, maybe cocaine. Anyway, but he got mad flows. Don't do not knock the hustle. Do not knock the hustle. Up next, we got a uh, AOC's GOP opponent for the House of Representatives is a lady named Tina Forte. Uh, we first found out about her from uh, Varigo Kennedy, uh, another uh, person on the dystopia beat, who uh, was like, you, you're you not going to believe this lady running against AOC. And then I just was in disbelief. And then uh, nobody ran against her, I guess, in the GOP primary because there's no way that a Republican's going to take that seat because it's like the Bronx in New York. It's just a safe Democratic seat. So here's who's running against AOC. Let's just see, um, let's see what she's been up to. It's probably probably just totally like regular campaign stuff, right? Not a politician. I'm a mother, grandmother, small business owner. And after COVID, I just had enough. I started ranting in my car, started building momentum and a following. And I just was speaking to people and I was going to rallies and protests. I stood with business owners during the lockdowns. I spoke up for our children in school with the mandates. I spoke up for our city workers. I backed the blue. I was down in the city with the law and order, the big, beautiful flags I would walk in the streets with. And I just became very vocal. And I'm hearing your voice. I can tell you've been you've been out there screaming, huh? It's tough giving speeches yes. every day. Yes, I am. I'm talking every day. I do have COVID oh damage. So that has a lot to do with it because I did almost die from COVID. Wow. And I have esophagus damage, so it weakens my voice. I didn't know that was a Dave Rubin clip. If I'd have known that was a clip from Dave Rubin and I put that later in the docket. But I mean, like whatever. Dave Rubin will interview anybody. She's just, she has no chance of winning. This is just a grift. Like what she's doing is a fucking grift. She wants to like, she wants to rise up in that kind of right wing like wingnut welfare ecosystem, I think. I think that's like her general goal. And so she probably can do it. She can probably do it. So up next is our palate cleanser. Funny enough. I don't know why everybody is freaking out about this, but everybody is sort of freaking out about this and they think it's awesome or something. So we're going to go ahead and give it a look. It's from fucking, I don't know, one of them fucking shows that people watch. I don't really want to really watch a lot of TV. Here we go. Something about a snail. Nobody. Who is it? What's going on? Who is it? I'm really confused. Is there a body inside there? Ow! There's something in there! Oh, oh my going gosh! On? What? What? <gasps> 
All right, that was our palate cleanser. Kermit the Frog jumped out of a snail. It was a weird, it was a weird channel even on a regular news show. <laughs> here's, here's another kind of weird story. Um, there's no real audio for this, so um, I'll kind of explain what happened here. There was some Christmas decorations, and part of the Christmas decorations were just these giant balls. And I don't mean, you know, balls. I mean, they were like giant spheres. And this was a, this was in London. And, uh, well, I guess the wind knocked them out. And, uh, well, here's what happened. <laughs> It's awesome if you don't get hit by it. I know, I know it's not funny that that could be very dangerous. And uh, for people on the podcast, that one's one you're probably going to want to either like you can check the the show notes to get the uh, link in the docket or um, you can just watch our coverage of it. Um, that was a pretty, pretty wild fucking story. I'm, I hope it looked like nobody got hurt. So that's good. I, I hope nobody got hurt, but it looked like nobody got hurt. So that's good. Um, up next, we got, uh, this is Roger Stone. Roger Stone's now broadcasting on the Mike Lindell channel of all places. And um, I had no idea that there is was a MAGA rapper named Mint Chip. But there's a MAGA rapper uh, named Mint Chip. And uh, I guess he's being interviewed by Roger Stone. I am uh, working with Kyle Rittenhouse. We're making a video game. And uh, it's going to be great. It's uh, we're shooting <laughs> fake news turkeys because uh, we'll cut the media is attacking him like they attacked you are attacking you. So um, Kyle has lawsuits coming up. He's going to sue the media and um, we're creating a video game to um, fund those lawsuits. And that's coming out, I think, just before Thanksgiving. Uh, you can pre-order the game now. It's it. I like how they cut the clip uh, so that this guy was unable to uh, advertise his game. Don't order their game. It's it's it probably it's like a mobile game, right? They probably like used a template for a different kind of like shoot 'em up mobile game, and then just added different like uh, graphic elements to it. In fact, I'd be stunned if that's not what they did. And they're just trying to like grift money. I mean, like I guess don't knock the hustle, but for fuck's sake, man. Fake news turkeys. I mean it. Thanksgiving's coming up pretty soon. You'd think a game like this would already be out so that they could, uh, you know. You don't want it to come out like a couple days before Thanksgiving with the fake news turkeys. You want people who are like all into Thanksgiving to be playing it for a month beforehand so you can sell them, I don't know, in-game purchases and feed them a bunch of uh, shady advertisement. So here, this is from something called Real America. And it's a former Miss Universe. And she is fucking pissed. 
about Miss Universe. A trans person didn't win or enter Miss Universe, as far as I know. They just purchased the uh, they purchased Miss Universe, or maybe a corporation they're at. I don't know the, all the details of the uh, of the purchase, but she she mad. And now we see a transgender, a man is by. No, 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 no. That's a trans woman. You, you, what an asshole. I wonder what kind of changes will come there. How does it feel when you dedicated uh, several years of your life to these pageants for women, seeing that men are now taking them over? Uh, am I to believe that a cis woman ran the Miss Universe pageant before this? I bet that. I bet that most of the time through all of these pageants, they've been the, they've been owned by men because men own most businesses. Men are most like the, especially larger businesses. Men tend to own them. Also the, the person who bought it is a trans woman, not a man, but I just, I'm just wondering who owned it before. It makes me really. Is she going to really cry? Sad. I hope she's going to cry and like Jordan Peterson. This is a very sad day for women in America. Um, I have a daughter, and um, it, it's really scary to see what's going on. And what we are seeing in real time is the complete elimination of women in America. And nobody is standing up against this. It's so demonic. I mean, that's just my opinion, but it, I feel like it's such an attack on, on our creator, which is God. And it's saying that the way you're born was a mistake. Mm. And so now you need to change your gender and now it's being pushed on us. I, some trans lady just bought a pageant. Like nothing else happened. Like this is, I know that, I know that like what she was saying was like incredibly bigoted, but I, it's, it's also just ridiculous because nothing happened. I don't know. I don't know who owned Miss Universe before. Is it's probably owned by a fucking corporation anyway, right? It's not going to be like a sole proprietorship. So the corporation is probably owned or mostly owned, maybe by a trans woman or I don't know. I'm not. I'm not even going to look into it. I just know these people are fucking out of their minds. Who the fuck cares who owns the Miss Universe pageant? Here we have Pete Hegseth. I believe he's a talking head on OAN, if I'm not mistaken. He is going to talk about how uh, he took social studies, and it's actually just all made up. It's not real. But everything about the, the confines of my classroom was created by progressives 100 years ago. You mentioned the rose. You mentioned the, 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 that approach. The bell ringing. The rose and the bell. You putting like desks in rows and ringing a bell was all like the progressives a hundred years ago. I'm sorry. What? Uh, God being removed, of course. L lunch breaks. Lunch breaks. Different. <laughs> we break for lunch. The left has lost their minds. Subject: social studies. The idea we're not going to study civics, history, philosophy, theology. Those are social studies. Those are, that's, the social studies is like an umbrella category for those things. We're going to create psychology and social studies and, and, and split it all up as if we can s dissect human nature and through a scientific method, which they've invented. That's right. Create 
uh, more perfectible human beings by controlling how they think and what they think. What? All created by progressives. So almost every subject and frame. Did you take social studies? I took social studies. The progressives made it up. It, it's, it's, a, it's a made up conglomerate of subjects meant to silo the way that we think as opposed to basing all of wisdom in God's wisdom. Oh, I knew it was. Oh, come on, man. Looking at it through that lens. He was like, we should be teaching the following things, but they were all under the umbrella of like social studies, social sciences. And also, I just I can't believe that he was up there. They put the desks in rows and then people break for lunch. The left has gone mad. Like, how else are you going to organize a bunch of desks? You organize them in rows. People can walk between them. <laughs> teacher might be able to see everybody a little bit better. We could put him a big circle. Teacher sits in the middle and just swivels on the chair. And the teacher's stuck in the middle of a circle of desks. Like, what do you? <laughs> they put the desks in rows, everybody. You cannot. I. That's the stupidest fucking thing I've ever heard anybody say. Like, and I've been doing this show for like six years now. And it's, there's, it's possible that that's the dumbest fucking thing any I've ever watched anybody say on this show. Up next, we got the life of a Trump groupie. It's just, it's just real tough on these these Trump Trump groupies. I guess apparently these people traveled to forty, forty, forty something and thirty something of these Trump events, uh, respectively. And they're just going to tell you about how it's just really hard being a groupie. Where do you go to the bathroom? Are you, are you sleeping there on the concrete? Like, walk us through how a front row Joe survives out on these locations for a days on end. We sleep in our cars, or I even have a cot tent that I set up and sleep in. Um, I take my showers at Planet Fitness. I got a membership just to take showers. Now, that's smart. That's smart. So, so for ten dollars a month, you can get a shower anywhere you well, want in America. You have to get the black card at twenty two ninety nine a month, but still, that's worth it. Good to know that. <laughs> why would you go to? Why would you go to like thirty something Trump rallies in a row and just drive your car around? Like, I never even understood being a band's groupie, right? Because it's the same songs at every every date. I mean, I, I guess if, if you're a band groupie, at least like there's cocaine or some shit, I guess, but. Like, like, why would you, I would think it was crazy if somebody was doing that for Bernie Sanders or if somebody was even following me, if I was like on a, a DJ on tour and somebody was following me to all of my events in their car, I'd, I'd, I'd tell them to stop. I'd be like, go home. I'd be like, thank you for coming to my events, but go home. This doesn't seem right. <laughs> Plus they're probably not paying admission if they're a groupie. So like, what the fuck do I want them there for anyway? Um, so here's some kind of religious event, apparently. And uh, I guess it's kind of another palate cleanser. This is the best buffet. You know how sometimes they have like a taco bar at an event? Well, this, this I believe, is a taco bar at this event. Except, well, you'll see. The record shows So for people uh, not watching, for people listening on the podcast, there's like a five-gallon bucket full of what looks like unseasoned taco meat. But that's not the worst part. The worst part is there's like a fucking Tonka truck with like a half a tomato sliced in half. 
and some chips that this person is dumping the fucking unseasoned taco meat on. <laughs> Why is there why is there pepperoni? Oh no. Oh god. <laughs> no. <laughs> you know what though? Shout out to the absolute legend who took their phone in there and showed us the just the state of the taco bar at this place. <laughs> god. I'd try it. You know what? I mean, if you're at that event all day and you're in that kind of stuffy ballroom, eventually you're like, well, I guess I'll get the Tonka truck unseasoned taco meat buffet it is included in the price, right? <laughs> Man, you know, this is supposed to be our regular news show and it's just fucking wall to wall crazy. So Tony Perkins, I didn't know that Tony Perkins still exists. But apparently Tony Perkins still exists. He's uh, from the Family Research Council. And um, all it says actually on my story list is that Tony Perkins still exists. So I don't know what he's going to be talking about here. Oh, he's going to be talking about marijuana legalization in Arkansas and how it's the, the drug cartels pushing for it because that's what is going on in Arkansas. Why is this the wrong move for Arkansas in your opinion? Well, actually, there are quite a few reasons. First of all, this ballot initiative will remove all the THC levels. Right now, if you have medical marijuana, it's 10 milligrams. This is no holds barred. Take off all the THC levels. And then there's a zoning issue. This will remove all the zoning, except for a few. Uh, they did leave around churches and daycares and adult daycare facilities. Um, and then they put in this lovely little part where they don't have to follow any laws. The Wait, legislature what? can't set any laws. I didn't even know there were laws in Arkansas. Controlling the local city council can't set any laws, and your local quorum court, your county, can't set any laws controlling this. And they're putting this all in the Constitution. And then, this is quite interesting, no criminal background check for the dispensaries, the growers, or the owners, including foreign ownership, out-of-state ownership, so you don't know who's going to be controlling this. So that's pretty scary. You know? But why would you have to pass a criminal? You don't have to pass a criminal background check to get a business license for any other kind of business. Why would we do it for cannabis? Of itself. And then so finally, Robert, who's driving, who, who's driving this in Arkansas? Well, actually it's the owners, the growers, the distributors, it's big money. It's I'd let's just call it what it is. It's drug cartels and drug cartels folks that just want to make a buck. On no, the cartel would probably be against this. The cartel is against cannabis legalization. I mean, they're not out there like fucking like door to door, like flyering you and shit, but cartels don't like fucking relaxation of drug laws. It makes it harder for them to make money. They've now that they've, cannabis is legal. They can't, uh, they can't import cannabis into, into Arkansas. Growing marijuana and selling marijuana recreationally. Like that's just wrong. Like if your business is illegal drugs and then people make drugs legal, then your business is gone. Right. They ain't, ain't no business anymore. So yeah, the, the fucking, yeah, the people, even just the regular, regular non like cartel affiliated, like illegal weed growers and weed dealers don't like the, uh, the idea of cannabis legalization because it, it drives down the price of their product. They can, they could sell it legally. 
but now it drives down the price of their product and they don't like that. And so they're not, they're not used to working like in a reg in a system with a regulation. My lady doesn't know shit. She didn't know anything about it. If you want to stop the, one of the best ways to kneecap the cartels is to, to legalize or decriminalize drugs. Mexico did it. Anyway, up next, we got Dennis Prager. He is the homosexuality understander. John in Chardon, Ohio says homosexuals are born that way and they're children of God. They certainly are children of God. And I think uh, male homosexuals uh, are largely born that way. I don't think that it's uh, genetic, but it might be hormonal in the womb. Female homosexuals are a much more complex issue because female sexuality can go in all directions. Some Is he gonna fall asleep? like that, but many are not. That's why you hear often of actresses who say, oh, now I'm gay, and then they end up 10 years later marrying a man. You don't see that with gay. Those people are bisexual, sir. So, anyway, that's... Uh, that's not here. Well, it is here or there. Sir, what you just described is a bisexual woman who did not under, did not figure out that she was bisexual right away. That, that a lot of bisexual people for just maybe they don't they don't get it. They don't understand it about themselves that they're bisexual or societal pressure. It for some reason, wherever they are in their life or wherever, whatever's going on in their community, it's easier for them to say that they're a homosexual. Like, but the, you just described a bisexual person and that the bisexuals are fine. You can, in fact, date people of different genders if you're attracted to people of different genders. It's fine. It's no problem. I sometimes envy the bisexual. They seem to have more options. So uh, here's Elon Musk being interviewed this week about his uh, weird $8 verification system and um all them people that didn't like the didn't like being shadow banned before i don't know how they're gonna feel about this so the way i think about it is that so i'm trusting you with the future of our country of the world actually when you're in charge of a media uh, like that so how do you prevent to being jewish uh how do you prevent this anti-semitism or if i were black how do you prevent all of the So, so how do you prevent the use of the N-word? We should be able to figure out with software how to moderate this and prevent that from happening. Is that true or not? Yeah, yes, absolutely. I um, totally agree. Um, the <clears throat> Temporarily, people have been able to put some hate speech on, on Twitter, but, um, but then it's been taken down immediately. Um, so now, <clears throat> part of what I'm trying to achieve with this sort of um, enabling everyone to, to be payment verified with, with Twitter Blue is to try to get as many people payment verified as possible. Uh, it's only eight bucks a month, um, although for some people that were complaining about that, and these are people who pay more than that for their latte. I'm going to be one of your Twitter Blue customers. <laughs> thank you, thank you. <laughs> um, but but, it's, but like a, it's part of its revenue, part of it is payment authentication. And so if somebody, uh, because there is a huge problem with spam and, and bots and trolls on, on Twitter and organizations trying to manipulate public opinion. 
But, it, but if we can get enough verified users, and we're going to prioritize um, Twitter search, replies, uh, mentions, um, by verified users first. Um, and, and, yeah, if, if you're payment verified with blue checkmark, then you're pre-prioritized. And, and hateful conduct pays. But if somebody risks losing even eight bucks, they, 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 the, the net effect will be over time that the, the verified users will, be, will pretty much always be at the top of, of comments and search. And you won't really see, you'll have to scroll far to see the unverified uh, users, which will be the bots and, and trolls and whatnot. Like, so if something we don't want to see, it gets pushed way down. And yeah, just the, the basically. So what he's saying is he's going to fucking shadow ban you if you don't give him eight bucks. That's that's what he's saying. I mean, he it's his company, his fucking party has every right to do it. But I'm just saying, like, what he just said is you will be shadow banned. You, the algorithm will push you down no matter what you're saying, no matter how smart and funny and interesting what you're saying is. You're going to, it's going to be hard for people to find what you're saying. And that's, it's just going to ruin Twitter. The cool thing about Twitter and it, you know, it's it's a little trolly and whatnot. But the cool thing about Twitter is that you can go clap back as a nobody at a powerful person. And if what you said is smart and funny and hits that mark, people are going to like it and retweet it. And you're going to go viral for your clap back at somebody, uh, somebody powerful. And now that's not going to happen for regular people because I'm not going to give this motherfucker $8 a month. Why would I give him $8 a month? It's just on the principle. Like I fucking probably make, I probably already made $8 this stream. Right. And I have a day job too. I have the money to give him eight bucks a month, but like, why, like who would, why do you want to give apartheid Clyde any money? Don't give apartheid Clyde any of your money. Like just go through and just fucking so that you only see unverified users. Just go through and block everybody that gave him eight bucks. I think that's what I'm going to do once this once this is implemented. I don't care who the fuck you are. If you're a dumbass who gave this guy eight bucks a month, I'm blocking you. Or maybe I'll mute you so that you don't show up in the replies and I never see your fucking tweets. What now? Game on, Clyde. Game on. But this is going to destroy Twitter. Because like I said, the thing about Twitter is that you could speak truth to power as a nobody. And others would see it. And if you were right, and they were wrong, you might be able to gain a bit of a following. You get some followers off of it. You start feeling your mojo and you're going around just ratioing fucking famous people and shit. Now you won't be able to do that unless you give apartheid Clyde eight fucking dollars. So on the subject of Elon Musk, here's the, here's a Newsmax host. Um, just thinking about just a totally normal thing that, that you think about when you think about Elon Musk and you think about Twitter and you think about AOC. This is just totally what you, this is just what regular people think about. Welcome back. Time now for news from the left. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez thoroughly enjoying all the attention she's been getting from Elon Musk. Wouldn't they make a cute couple? I mean, come on. Ew. AOC complained this week about the $8 charge to be blue check verified on Twitter. She tried to fool people into believing that eight bucks is now the cost of free speech on Elon Musk's new platform. Now, yeah, we know that game. Now AOC appears to think she's the victim of censorship on Twitter. Listen to this. So I pull up my Twitter app, and it's like gone. Like, 
when you pull up your mentions and stuff like that, it's just like literally like a blank screen. Totally gone. Oh my god, this guy's stupid. This she's this is satire. He's an idiot. The guy, the Newsmax guy is an idiot. And I was like, hmm, that's weird. So it turns out we got under a certain little billionaire skin. <laughs> she loves him so much. If Mark my words, if Elon Musk proposed to AOC right now with all that Elon Musk cash, she would drop that ginger in two seconds and become a libertarian. Mark what? my words. And we all know it because all AOC really cares about is the fame and the money and how cool it all is. You think she's really a socialist? Go, go live in Cuba, AOC, if you want to be a socialist. You ain't a socialist. You're going to the Met Gala. You're eating. She's not even a socialist. You're going to Hollywood parties. You ain't a socialist. You never were. It's a con job. But she wasn't a socialist. Like, she was, yeah, she was like putting on the Valley Girl thing kind of thick and saying, Oh my God, all my mentions are gone. There's not even anything there. Like she was, this guy's an idiot. What an idiot. I mean, he has to know that that was satire, right? <clears throat> but he, he maybe thinks that his audience is dumb enough to not figure it out. Anyway, <clears throat> we don't do uh, a lot of Joe Rogan, but I, this clip of his guest, talking about and i'm not kidding dragon fossils it's fucking amazing basically they're they're saying the evidence is the reason there's no fossils of dragons is because they had bird bones and they were actually very delicate animals but a handful of these small small a small population of these giant li flying lizards existed and basically encompassed all these different countries where they all depicted fighting dragons in their own way and they were all killed off by you know knights or whatever it is and then didn't fossilize what so it's like the science is saying that if there were lizards big enough to fly around and eat people they it, didn't have bones that could fossilize so it'd be like an eagle like even joe rogan was like come on dude come on Come on, we, we we let a lot of bullshit fly around here, but this, come on. I don't know, man. hopefully he was trolling Joe Rogan. I don't know the context, I just thought that was a pretty good clip. Here we have from The Bad Stats, we have just a clip of Brett Weinstein uh, talking about how he is, uh, he has a definition of pornography. Uh, he, he's against pornography, but he has a definition of it. So here we go. Because we've been told that pornography is not definable, you know, I don't know what pornography is, but I know when I see it, that when we say there's something wrong with porn, we are actually saying it's not okay to have erotic content. Right. Which I don't think is true at all. So I draw the following distinction. Um, I think erotica is an ancient valid and important form. And I don't want to see anything uh, block the um, exploration, erotic exploration. Yeah. That said, some of it may be in bad taste, some of it may be destructive, but it is a valid form. That the thing that makes pornography different, the way that we should mentally define it, even if it's difficult in practice to... Um, 
to utilize this definition is that when profit is the motive that has caused the uh, the particular piece of content to be produced, that's porn, right? So right. in other words, erotica is art. Right. Pornography is an economic phenomenon. Right, because people never fucking produce art to make money and nobody ever produced amateur porn. Like, what a dumb fucking, like, like he just, like, he, no, <clears throat> Porn is just porn, and like, unfortunately, it, it is one of those things that you know it when you see it. I would draw the distinction between erotica and porn in that, like, erotica isn't made for you necessarily made to turn you on, and I know that goes to intent, and we can't always figure out the intent. Porn is made to turn you on. Erotica may not be, but erotica may turn you on anyway. It gets worse here. This is from uh, Dark Horse episode 148. Shout out to the bad stats for watching it so that we don't have to. Uh, Brett had a conversation with Robert Wright, which actually surprises me because I don't agree with everything Robert Wright says, but Robert Wright isn't um, a fucking wackadoodle. And so uh, Brett's going to have, Brett has some thoughts about his conversation with Robert Wright that he hasn't released yet. And I maybe feel like maybe he won't release it because it sounds like Robert Wright was not very deferential to Brett in this conversation at all. I had a conversation with Robert Wright, which I do think people should listen to. I think you will find it very illuminating. Um, has me considering the possibility that I'm too nice and I should change that. <laughs> and the reason I, Oh, I know that, what we're watching on intellectual dollar tree. As soon as this comes out, Oh, Robert, Robert Wright probably fucking stuck it to this guy. During this thing, he says some very pointed stuff. In fact, he made a point. I think he came back to it twice. Do you want to know the moment at which I stopped taking you seriously? <laughs> well, that's fine. You can say that, Robert. Um, but at the end of the thing, he wants to invite me on camera to come continue the conversation on his podcast. Now, why the fuck would I do that? Have He's like, I would like to dunk on you some more. Actually, this has been fun. Would you like to come on to my podcast so that I can get a bunch of views on my podcast while I continue to dunk on you? Because we only got to like two or three subjects here. It took us three hours because of how fucking obnoxious you are. Uh, that's not how Robert Wright talks. But I mean, this is this is fantastic. This guy's the, these are the difficult conversations, people. And as soon as he has a difficult conversation with somebody who he expected to take him seriously, he's like, wah, I'm not going on your podcast. Wah. Having allowed that uh, he doesn't take you seriously. Having, right. having specified exactly that he doesn't take you seriously. So my sense is I should have said no. Right. Why would I do that? And that should have been the end of the discussion. But instead, because I'm nice and arguably too nice, I uh, didn't shut down that inquiry immediately the way I should have. So anyway, uh, I would also be interested in whether or not people think I'm too nice. I have a feeling uh, we will get a mixed message back on this one as well. Um, but anyway, when that when that podcast is out, for it. yeah, I guess I am. Yeah. I guess I am. Um, I do suggest people check it out. I, I thought it was... Uh, a fascinating interchange. I thought it, well, he will no doubt have a different opinion, but in my opinion, it revealed 
uh, a kind of myopia that I think is widespread and for which Robert seems to speak. So anyway, uh, check it out and, uh, you know, agree or disagree. All right. So when he says myopia, myopia, he means someone was not deferential to me. Somebody was not um, credulous to me. Um, like I said, I don't agree with Robert Wright on everything, but he does have a bit of a cynical streak to him, which I appreciate. And uh, that cynical streak probably came out when he was talking to Brett and Brett didn't like that at all because the, there's nothing, nothing cuts through the kind of bullshit that Brett puts out there like fucking like pointed cynicism, like cynicism pointed in the direction of a fucking grifter, like weaponized cynicism. It just there's nothing that's going to cut through Brett's bullshit like cynicism. And so. If he got a little bit of cynicism from the guy and the guy told him twice that he's like, no, I stopped paying attention to you a while ago because X, Y, and Z, <clears throat> then that's fucking good. And <clears throat> you'd think that somebody, if he had, if he had Robert Wright on, cause he thought Robert Wright was a smart guy or like a thoughtful guy or whatever. And he came on and said that you'd think that he might fucking, it might be time for some introspection, but no, nope. It's just that the guy is myopic and I'm too nice. Anyway, one more from the bad stats here. Uh, here's him reading from Jordan Peterson's poetry book. We're going a little long on the pod tonight, but that's, that's fine. Oh, hello. My name is Bad Stats, and I'd like to read you a few poems from Jordan B. Peterson's An ABC of Childhood Tragedy. Granville's grasping grandmother gave her constant grief. She criticized poor Granville greatly and afforded no relief. That's not right. Granville's grasping grandmother gave her constant grief. She criticized poor Granville greatly and afforded no relief. It's not a poem. <laughs> doesn't quite scan. Doesn't seem like. Criticized poor Granville greatly and afforded no relief. I, of course, this one's about raping and murdering a young boy. Isaiah embodied idiocy, but he hoped that he'd get free. From the priest kind buggery, though his corpse could hardly flee. From the priest's kind buggery, though his corpse could hardly flee. I oh, yikes, dude. EOC, but he hoped that he'd get free. From the priest's kind buggery, though his corpse could hardly flee. From the priest's kind buggery, though his corpse could hardly flee. Yeah, these aren't From even poems. Like kind buggery, though his corpse could hardly flee. Weird. Or maybe this guy's just Jay. maybe this guy's just reading them wrong, trying to read them in like the uh, the style of a fucking nursery rhyme. <laughs> Jessamine. Jessamine, a joyless dolt, was given 40,000 volts by her jealous little sister, but when she died, nobody missed her. By her jealous little oh sister, but when she died, nobody missed her. If somebody told me that this was a satirical book not written by Jordan Peterson, that somebody was like trying to like claiming was Jordan Peterson, I would, I, I, this would be brilliant. But no, this is a Jordan Peterson book of like nursery rhymes. This is fucking troubling. I think we got that one. I think we got it. Theo detested by all those who knew her, a terrible, treacherous troll. Her classmates forced her into a box and did not leave an air hole. Her classmates forced her into a box and did not leave an air hole. Her classmates forced her into a box and did not leave an air hole. Theo detested by all those who knew her, a terrible, treacherous troll. Her classmates forced her into a box and did not leave an air hole. Yvette yawped and yearned while her parents spurned the love she could have offered them went instead to many men. I guess they just spurned while her parents spurned. I'm spurning. 
Anyway, that was a few of my favorite poems from Jordan Peterson's ABC of Childhood Tragedy. Thanks for listening. Oh my god, what a fucking disaster. Oh, fuck, man. Oh, no. Jordy Pete, leave them kids alone, dude. Leave them kids alone. I just... That's... I... I don't know. Anyway, thanks everybody for hanging out for the podcast. Uh, live listeners, stay put. We're going into red light. Uh, podcast listeners, you can... If you're smart and know how Twitch works, you can uh, find the rest of the show. You can even find the uh, the video of the first hour if you're smart. But if you aren't smart or just don't care and want to give me five bucks, five bucks at patreon.com slash echoplex gets you the full audio capture of this show, uh, down ballot and local love on Tuesdays, the intellectual dollar tree on um, Wednesdays. It also gets you the video from those shows. And um, that's it. This is Boomers by Periscope. Change the change the color of the lighting in here. Change the content of my drink, and we'll be back with more madness.
every Saturday is Catterday on Echoplex Media, and not only are we posting fucking cats, we invite all content creators to join our open panel. Visit echoplexmedia.com slash panel to learn how to join. Every third Saturday is Operation Catterday, where we cover this week and last year and play the best clips from the cast of conspiracy characters that Now Space has learned to loathe. The show starts at 8 p.m. Pacific at twitch.tv slash echoplexmedia. Find our full schedule at echoplexmedia.com.